We'll know the metaverse is here whenever people have to clarify, you know, what reality are you talking about? You yeah. know, whenever they say, yeah, come, come over. Are you talking about to your place in, in the Decentraland or some metaverse? Or are you talking yeah. about your actual house? Today on Tech Rides, I'm riding with Shep Ogden, CEO and co-founder of Offbeat Media. Shep and Afi are pioneers in the Web3 and the virtual influencer space. We are diving deep into Web3, NFTs, and the metaverse. We'll discuss the origins and principles of Web3, how NFTs play a valuable role in the new ownership economy, and what this means for brands navigating the evolving metaverse. Come along for the ride in my 2015 Porsche 911 GTS. Welcome to the Tech Rides Podcast, where we feature inspiring stories of entrepreneurship from top business leaders while riding in a cool car. I'm your host, Edwin Martial. If you would like to see the videos and cool cars we feature on the show, sign up and watch at techrides.io. Tech Rides, smart people, sweet rides, where industry leaders ride shotgun. Introducing Ticket to Ride NFTs. Learn more at techrides.io slash NFT. Well, Chef, welcome to Tech Rides. Thanks, thanks. This is exciting. Before we get started and dive into the, the metaverse and, and Web three and all that, I think let's let's start with out with some couple of definitions, just so we everybody understands, you know, kind of some of the context. So, Web one happened like started probably like the mid late nineties and. That was when everybody was like building websites and, you know, commerce was really beginning on the internet, right? So companies like, you know, Amazon and Google came out of that. The big way I like to think about Web1 is it's, it's the reading phase of the internet, right? It's the access to information. Um, but that's right. it. You know, all these places were starting to con- con- congregate it and or you could really, you know, you could access it. And like, yeah. I, I think a Web1 is read. And then Web2 came like, what, the mid... 2000s and that was becoming like you know really the social networking era where people were really starting to participate as a community more actively on on the internet so you had things like facebook and Mm -hmm. twitter and then also you had apps apple came out with the iphone and and all of a sudden everybody was building apps and that was web 2 and that's kind of brings us to to where we are now and then so then there's there's web 3 right so Mm -hmm. this is like that we're on the cusp of this web 3 and how do you how do you define Web three? Yeah, and and Web two, I think you're spot on with that. And the way I like to boil it down is almost like you get to write. You know, th- there's these social networks that you can really start actually creating content on for that first yeah. time. Yeah. Um, where people started building this following, but the issue with that was that everything was owned and centralized by these major players like Facebook. And so that's where Web three starts to get people really really excited. So that's why I, I, I like to say read. Right, and then Web3 means own. Okay. You know, right now, you don't really own anything on the internet. It's like we, I'll, I'll dive a little bit more into Offbeat later, but we own and operate Humor on Instagram with nearly 4 million followers, and we don't technically own that account. Instagram owns it in their terms and service, you know, even though it's a, it's a big business for us and it's got 4 million followers. Um, same for all other influencers on Instagram. Instagram still owns that and so web 3 is what really starts to change that it's saying that what you actually have you know on the internet can be yours and we measured that and we tracked that through the blockchain uh, so that's what gets me really excited is like this this whole growth and transition of the internet over the last couple of decades went from 
this information, being able to read it, and like you said, the commerce coming out, to then things started getting more centralized, but it was needed at the time. But now it's like, let's let's move to full decentralization where I can actually own what I'm doing on the internet. So so it's, it's that's a good perspective, and it's a perspective from the, 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 the community at large, not necessarily business, but like the public at large on the internet, right? That's so there's, right. There's read of what's happening on the internet, then there's, there's write where the people can start to participate, and now it's like, okay, you're talking about now that people can kind of actually own what's what's the, the content that they're putting on the internet. Exactly. So let's jump into how, you know, you talk about ownership. So yep. the NFT, I guess that's a good segue into NFTs. Like what's an NFT? How do you define an NFT? And let me let me take a first crack at it, right? Because I want to make sure I, I'm getting an outlet and then you, you go. But to me, an NFT right now is like, it's it's a certificate of authority or authenticity and ownership, right? It's like, it just, it's not the thing, it's not the artwork, it's not the, the, the image or the video or the content, any kind of content, whatever it is, but it's the uh, certificate that says, hey, hey, this this is authentic and it's owned by this person. And then there's some, we'll get into this later, but there's some contracts around what, what happens when that entity is transferred. That's pretty spot on. Like, like NFT right now, there's a lot of positive and a lot of negative connotation on NFT. And that's because it, it is the, you know, in a way, I don't know if it's a protocol, but it's that technical term for what it means to actually own something on the internet, right? And um, and so, like you said, it's not the art that you necessarily own. It's that it is that that block or that spot on the blockchain that that you own, and then that is what's pointing to something that is now, you know, technically yours. Um, so whenever we think about NFTs, like right now, that that is the main term people are using it for this idea of digital ownership. Um, but I think two or three years from now, people are just gonna start saying it's my digital collectible. You know, it's my digital art. Right. Um, and NFT is gonna be that technology that's powering that ownership. But I think that term will slowly go away. Yeah. The next one is uh, a big one, the metaverse. Yeah. And how does a metaverse come into play now with all those pieces? I have an interesting definition, and then I've heard a couple of interesting definitions, and, I, and I'll share both of those. Um, you know, the way I like to say it is like it's where your physical life really starts to meet your digital life, right? So this idea that we have our physical life, like we're in this car right now, and this this is this is the real world, right? But in the metaverse, it's like people are now like they, they have their own their own worlds, their own land in the metaverse, and they have their own avatars in the metaverse. They also own things and so where these things are really starting to meet like where people are making money in the metaverse right they're making money within games or that's where they're hanging out or whenever a kid comes home from school and they hop on Fortnite and they're they're not playing a game but they're actually hanging out with people um, that's where I really started thinking like what the metaverse actually is it's like almost this other reality that the people live in and um, and that, that's kind of the other definition I heard the other day that I thought was really funny um, we'll know the metaverse is here whenever people have to clarify, you know, what reality are you talking about? You yeah. know, whenever they say, yeah, come, come over, are you talking about to your place in, in the Decentraland or some metaverse, or are you talking yeah. about your actual house? And that, that's, that's coming. It's almost the evolution of gaming, right? Like it's, and VR. So yeah. the metaverse is almost like VR being rebranded in a way to like, okay. Yep. And now that VR is kind of evolving into like a thing. And, and what I'm starting to see is okay, but but it's not just for gamers anymore. So right. it's not. It won't be just for gamers because now with VR, people will be able to do things like you mentioned, like 
really socialize on the metaverse. Like, I, I kind of understand now why Facebook bought uh, Oculus a while back. Yeah. I mean, it's because I think they see that, you know, social networks where, where they were just kind of like Web2 online, you know, sharing pictures, commenting, likes, all that stuff. Well, they're going to move to where chatting and discussions and, and, and things are happening in inside of this VR world inside of the metaverse where people are meeting through their avatars and communicating and chatting right inside all these different um, worlds that to me is kind of like the big differentiator like you said it's, it's, it's not just it's going to be play like games but it's also work socialize all these things will be happening right in, inside this alternative space yeah you know I, I think the acquisition of, of Oculus was so ahead of its time like they, they were looking so far ahead and I, I mean, I just found out companies like companies like now Meta um, and these others, like they have strategy groups that are that are making plans for 10, 20, 30 years from now, where they think the world might go and where they should be investing in today. And I think that's exactly what that was. Um, you know, they, they, they realized that they were completely winning in the world of social media. They knew that would be changing and they knew that there would be hardware that would really take this to that next level. And they, they acquired Oculus. I, th I think it was yeah. absolutely brilliant. You know, another thing, like another analogy I'm starting to think about with, with the metaverse and Web1 and all that, it's like to me what's happening now with a lot of these technologies is we're really in the very early days, you yeah. know. Um, of the web and even the internet like if you, if you if you think back to the internet prior to web one there's actually the internet and so the internet was actually created back in like the 60s and 70s depending on where you want to start and like and there was a lot of you know there were people on the internet in in the 70s and 80s who were actually doing a lot of you know they were communicating and chatting and sending emails a lot of people didn't know this you know unless you were like in research or in the military or universities that were kind of evolving the, the technologies behind the, the, the first internet but it wasn't mainstream people didn't know right. about it but but the technology wasn't ready for mainstream I think and that's a little bit like where we are now with a lot of these tech although, although it's kind of a little further than that but it wasn't until like for the internet it wasn't really till like the mid 80s or, or sorry, mid 90s when the first um, web browsers were developed and people could actually start navigating the, right. the, the internet through the, the World Wide Web. And, and I think that's a little bit like where we are now where there's, a, there's, there's people that really understand this world can navigate it, but it hasn't really gotten to like where it's usable for the average person. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's something I was just thinking about that I think is really fascinating. It's like going back to the definition of the metaverse, it's almost like all of these new things coming together in one. We haven't talked about augmented reality, but that's a piece of it. You know, being able to wear glasses yeah. in your physical world, being, you know, telling you where to go, right? Like if, if this, if, if the car we're in right now was telling, you know, had a GPS on the, on the, uh, on the windshield, um, that'd be a really cool form of like how like technology could like, we could see a digital world within our physical world that would help us go places. But crypto is another great example um, like you just, you just brought up that is, that is a part of this whole thing. And all of these AR, crypto, uh, NFTs have been around for a while, VR, um, the equipment behind these things, they've been worked on for you know over a decade at this point, most of it. It is now really starting to, starting to hit this mainstream. Right, like all of these things are coming together where everything is getting, you know, Oculus just sold more more headsets than they've ever sold. I think it's to 10, 10 million um, units last year. And that, I mean, that, that's unheard of for, for the VR space. So people are getting into VR. Um, there's a lot of investment in these AR glasses. There's clearly so much new adoption with Coinbase and with all these 
you know, these marketplaces to, to buy cryptocurrencies or NFTs. And so this whole idea that not only are the, the uh, you know, your, your digital ownership becoming more mainstream, but also like how you're able to access it. You know, the idea of seeing it in the real world or in VR, all of that's coming together all at once. And I think that's what's so fascinating about right now. You know, one key thing is it's going to continue to evolve. Just like yeah. if you go back and look at the evolutions of the internet, web one, web two, how, how things got just, even look at, look at the, you know, how the iPhone has evolved from like version one to where you know we're on what iPhone what is it now 13 14 I don't know uh, yeah. it's like you can see where you know today you got the VR headset for the metaverse but eventually it's going to be like a maybe it's just glasses or maybe it's just kind of like even something else that we can't even think about that's just kind of like almost seamless between you can go from your real life to the metaverse to or like you mentioned augmented reality where you're almost bringing in the metaverse into your real life so that but the tech will just continue to improve. And uh, as it does, it will bring more people in, right? Yeah. To, to, I, to, to, to be able to participate. I, I think you said something really interesting there. Um, you know, I've, I've spoken with people that are working like within like meta labs, basically. Like they're, they're the ones pioneering this whole space right now. And you know, Mark Zuckerberg, he'll, he'll go in and he's just like, okay, just get rid of the mouse, get rid of the controllers. How are we going to do this? Get rid of the VR controllers. Like, how are we going to interact with this? Right. And that's how they're thinking. Like, they're thinking like, just scratch everything that we know right now, and how can we interact with this digital world? And you know, they're thinking about how your eyes are visualizing things. They're thinking about you know how your muscles move. They're thinking about all kind of unique ways that will give you the ability to you know control a mouse on a screen or will give you the ability to um, you know have something pop up on your on your glasses um, that, that you that they just knew that you would want um, and I don't even think we can really conceptualize exactly how it's going to come to life over the next decade but right now like you just said we've got the early stages and it's only going to get more mind-blowing I guess from here Tell me about your company and what and what you guys do. We've got an interesting business where we, we started off really as, as like the meme meme guys. You know, we, we, we like I said earlier, we own and operate humor on Instagram with about four million followers, and so that that really like got us in a spot where brands and apps and record labels started coming to us, and they wanted to be promoted in, in memes. And um, and the reason for that was. Memes are like the language of culture, you know, the voice of culture. If you can get something talked about in memes on the internet, you're culturally relevant. And that, this was, you know, four years ago whenever we really started realizing that. We started working with, um, with TikTok as a, as a client and uh, got a really good understanding of how that was almost like the next form of culture as, as trends come off on that platform. And so we started doing a lot of, a lot of TikTok influencer campaigns and that's, that was kind of like our bread and butter for the first few years of our business. But doing, you know, seeing what was happening in culture, seeing what was talked about, seeing the trends that were starting um, really kept us at the forefront of it. And so we jumped into augmented reality. About three years ago, we started creating activations and experiences for both our own brands and then, and then for clients that we were working with. And that's what led us to this whole idea of, you know, the influencers we're working with on TikTok or the content we're creating. What if, you know, what if these influencers were virtual? You know, what if they were an avatar that, you know, we wholly created? And so that, that's really what we jumped into after that was, you know, this idea of, virtual influencers, which are computer-generated influencers built for the sake of, you know, of influence and building a following on Instagram or on TikTok or on Twitter or Snapchat or YouTube even. And that's where we've been spending a lot of our time the last couple of years is, is building that tech, 
this last year, as you know, you know this whole new this whole new term, the metaverse came out, and that has been just massive. Where we realize like that that's the space we've been in for the last couple of years already, um, and so now like that you know we've really jumped from not just building virtual influencers, but we just launched Zero from Nexus on Twitter, as you've seen. Um, that is going to be the first ever decentralized influencer completely powered on the blockchain. You know, the, the whole community will be able to be a part of Zero, um, where they're not just following an influencer, but they're a part of it. They get ownership in that influencer. And so, yeah, we're definitely, we went from a company, you know, helping brands do digital activations, you know, focused on that younger generation. Um, and now we're really helping them, helping them and also ourselves like just go deep into the metaverse. Um, that's kind of been our transition over the last four years. I want to go back and talk. I've got one kind of important definition, which is, which is you just mentioned blockchain. So I want to, I want to, I want to do that and then I want to come back and talk about zero. But I'll give you my kind of definition of blockchain and then you, you tell me yours. Because I think blockchain is kind of like the really at the center of a lot of this. And I think it's mm -hmm. important to understand where Bitcoin and blockchain kind of emerged from. And it emerged from a time when, you know, we're coming just out of the, you know, the financial crisis uh, in 2008-9, where there was a lot of concern about the government and, and its actions, uh, you know, it, you know, was deciding on what, which companies were going to survive, which companies weren't going to survive, uh, you know, how much, who they were going to put money into, uh, you know, the, the economy was crashing, so there's a lot of uncertainty around that. And the other thing that was going on was Edward Snowden had just kind of revealed that the NSA was eavesdropping and collecting all this data on, on all of us in terms of all of our emails, phone conversations, social media. And because and I, I think that's that backdrop of, of those two things of, of really what was kind of like to see a lot of people government overreach and concern in the financial system as well as, you know, privacy is kind of is the backdrop where Bitcoin was created, right? It was like, okay, we're gonna make this currency that's gonna be independent of um, of government. You know, it's gonna be uh, independent of centralized governments. You know, it can be cross borders. It can be mm -hmm. exchanged freely without, you know, central banks and, and world uh, banks uh, influencing it. And then the other thing was, um, you know, the privacy aspect of it, right? Like you, you know, uh, and, and all of it's built on blockchain, which is a technology behind it, which is like this distributed database, right? Yeah. It's really like, instead of, you know, having one database controlled by some central uh, corporation or, or central authority, like a government, it's, you have, you know, thousands and tens of thousands of nodes of this distributed database where the data is written multiple times and um, it's, it's written in a certain order and and it's public right it's yep. a public ledger so you can see what's written on there but but who writes it and who owns it uh each of those different you know whether it's a bitcoin or you, different blocks that's private and it's encrypted and it's highly secure and then that is where you know nfts are built on blockchain which is why you know you can say okay we can guarantee that this is NFTs owned by this this entity because you know it's on the blockchain and it's written so many times and and it's really the underpinning for a lot of this you know stuff. So you tell me, is that what, how do you? Is I don't that think I, I don't think I can say it better. I mean that, that that's spot on, right? Yeah. It's this idea of a public ledger where you can you know you can be privately have your own keys on like your own address on that ledger um, where you can own everything, but everything is public and everyone, you know, there's tens of thousands of nodes, like you just said, verifying what's happening on that, on that blockchain. And so there's a lot of blockchains. I think that's important to, um, 
to make make sure it's said. Um, you know, like Ethereum has its own blockchain that is that's that's kind of like the, the I'd say the most the most built out blockchain for NFTs. Uh, but yeah, I mean, your, your definition and your description and examples are, are spot on. Mentioned zero, zero yeah. from zero from Nexus, right? Zero so, from Nexus. Like, tell tell us what what is what exactly is zero from Nexus? Yeah, yeah. So Nexus is um, you know our our idea at building out an IP universe. Like you, you think of Marvel, you think of Disney, you think of any of these um, that really have like ecosystems of IP. Um, that's what we're building the Nexus universe to be. We believe that right now because of blockchain technology, um, because of this newfound excitement in NFTs, um, media is going to become more and more fractionalized and there's going to be more surface area for it for the foreseeable future. And what that means is like, you know, you can be watching a music video and now you could own a piece of that music video or you could own the song on the music video or you could own the actual video or a piece of the video through NFTs, right? And so it's like, or you could own the clothes, digital clothes if it was an avatar in that music video. You could own every little piece of it. And so our thinking is that like the IP universes of the future are going to be built on this. They're gonna be built where there's so many different ways to own a piece of it. Um, and we're starting with that. And so Zero is our first creator, our first, you know, piece of IP from the Nexus universe that we're launching. And Zero is a, you know, he's a virtual influencer. He is um, powered by our virtual production studio here in Atlanta. Um, but the whole goal is that, you know, he'll have 10,000 NFT owners that own a piece of, if not more in the future as we release more things, that own a piece of both him and can help us make decisions on what type of content we're creating, what are we doing within this universe, um, but also have a piece of ownership of it. So if our IP grows, so will the value of their NFT. And this is something that's never been done. And we're not gonna talk about just zero here, but any type of fandom. You know, you can love Marvel Universe, but you're just, you're just a consumer of Marvel Universe. You don't actually get a piece of it. You might be a collector of some of their, you know, some of the t-shirts or, you know, any type of other, like, giveaways or collectibles that they do but there's no real upside in being a fan right there's no there's no real alignment of interest um, same thing with uh, music artists music artists are a really fascinating example where like you can find a brand new music artist and you can know they're going to be the next big thing but all you can really do is go to their go to their concerts to support them buy their merch to support them listen to their music and um, and tell all your friends right but there's no there's no alignment of incentives on that. And so NFTs and the, you know, the blockchain completely change that. So if we are building zero and we release 10,000 NFTs you know, as a part of governance for zero and ownership of, of zero in the Nexus universe, these people that are now fans of zero not only get to passively you know, consume our content just as you would with the Marvel Universe, but they're a piece of it. They're a part owner too. So now they're almost incentivized to say, you know, hey Edwin, like, I love Zero. This is the coolest content on the internet. You should, you should also follow it. Because they already like it, but now they're also basically a, a co-owner, right? And that, that's one of the things that's just really, really cool of how we're thinking about building out our universe. understand uh, kind of how the NFTs fit in. Something helped me the other day listening to a, a, somebody explain this in a, 
in the sports world, right? So, and it's kind of like what you were saying now about, you know, like with, with music artists and musicians and things like that. So if you were a fan of, uh, you know, um, let's say any, you know, let's say Kobe Bryant, you know, uh, or somebody like that, or, or Mike Trout in baseball, um, like you said, you could, you could, you could, you know, buy his jersey. You could, you know, get, try to get his baseball card. Maybe you sell that one day. Maybe, you know, you could do all these things, but you you didn't really have any other way to really influence that or, or participate in 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 his success over time. And so there are now NFTs where you can buy an NFT in a young player who's not not even maybe in middle school who's, yeah. who's supposed to be like the next. Uh, Kobe or the next Michael Jordan or whatever and and you can spite his NFT when he's like 14 or 15 years old and then that's going to do a couple of things one is that that player is going to profit depending on you can write this in the contract in the NFT which is part of the smart contract that's on the blockchain but write the contract such that okay that player is going to benefit from you know that sale of that NFT but also the fan now has you know says okay i own this nft and it could be an, an image of that player or in a video it could be a lot of things it it'd get you access we're going to talk about membership network access to like events with that player but then over time as this person grows and develops in their career you know and they first get their first you know college you know uh letter and they sign to go play at you know uh north carolina and then maybe when they go to the nba and they get drafted and maybe they're the first mvp so every time that they're you know progressing in their career uh you, that nft theoretically gains value and you can sell it you know and participate in the upside of that growth it's right. almost like uh you know growing owning a piece of a stock and and the contract can be written such that again if that nft is traded or sold that player is getting part of the money which again which never happened before because right. because in the past if you had like even if you had like a babe ruth card or or a mike trout baseball card you sold that uh those players never see any part of that but now they right. can participate in the economics as along the way through the lifetime of that nft through the through that transaction so that's exactly where i was going to go with like trading cards in this scenario like sports cards is such a perfect example of like i'm getting this you know yeah he's in middle school right now but i think he's gonna be the next big thing i'm gonna pay 10 bucks for this nft this version of a trading card for this person but one really cool thing that happens here is let's say we're both huge fans of this um you know just graduated high school, going into college, new baseball player, he's a, you know, he's a freshman, and we want to buy his NFT, um, and he's only releasing 1,000 of them. Um, this, is, this is his original trading card, his original NFT um, that you're going to get benefit from. You're going to be able to come, and like, if he blows up, you're going to be able to come, and you're going to be able to go to like, meetups with him once a year. You're going to be able to like, hop on a call with him every now and then. You really get access to him um, if they set it up that way. But more than the upside of being his first collector, um, you know, having that original token, that, that there's definitely that. But also, imagine 10 years later, we were right. And he actually is one of the, the biggest players now in, in the league. You now can verify and validate that you were one of the first thousand people to acquire that because it's all public, it's on the blockchain. If we would have bought his trading card, we could have just, no one would have ever known if we were actually the original buyer of that. But now he or she can 
reward us for that 10 years later. They right. could do a 10 year, you know, annual party where they invite all of their friends and we could be invited to that party because we are one of the, let's say we're one of the 100 people that still own, you know, one of the first 1,000 NFTs. And that's all right. public. So right. they can just send us an invitation. Um, and like that, that's a really cool way of being able to like almost reward your early adopters. Right, through right. This. And what you're getting at too now is, is the, the second part of this, which I think is critical in, in this whole trend, right, to this whole Web3 movement. Like you, you mentioned ownership, which is a key thing. We've just kind of been talking about that. But, but there's another part of this membership, right? Like yeah. you're, you're now part of this you're defined membership um, that says, hey, yeah, I was there when, when Kobe Bryant, whoever it was, you know, was, you know, I was one of the first 1,000 people, you know, to, be, to, to identify him as a fan and be a fan or a, a hardcore or this band or whatever or this artist. And so um, it gives you kind of like this badge of, you know, like, hey, I, I'm not, I didn't just show up yesterday. I've been here along for the ride. And, it's, and like you said, it's memorized in the blockchain because it's a public record that has this ledger that goes on over time. And, it, and, um, and it's recorded through, through this historical uh, period. business then so like we, we, we probably think a lot about it from a from a financial perspective but it's not just about the financials it's about the fact that like right now Fortnite is a great example where kids are non-stop spending and, and adults too are non-stop spending money to buy you know goods and, and clothes and whatnot for their avatar within the game. They call them Fortnite skins. And they'll pay $7 for a Fortnite skin. And whenever they pay that $7 for that Fortnite skin, that money is gone forever. Like it's not theirs anymore. They now have this skin that is in their account and they can't do anything with it. So this is where like digital ownership starts to get really interesting where it's not just about the appreciation of that asset. It's just about the ability of saying it's mine. I can give it to someone else. You know, that I, I spent $7 on this, I could give it to someone or I could sell it to someone else for $7 so I could go buy something else that I want now. Um, and that's what I think is really beautiful about it is like, it is this, right now to a lot of people, it's this crazy concept that you could, you could actually own what you're buying on a video game that you could then give to someone else or trade to someone else. But that's the real world, right? Yeah. We don't go buy a t-shirt with the expectation that like, it's just, burnt and we never have any, and, any way to trade it but you could I could give it to you right and that's where the, these worlds start to like sort of collide right this is like I said earlier like in a way you could look at you know the metaverse as a rebranding of VR gaming and yeah. how and how you know but but where it's starting to really uh, kind of collide with the real world is now you have brands that are going into the metaverse to sell these digital goods. For example, like Nike, right? Nike is now saying like, hey, you know, we'll go in there, we're gonna set up a Nike shop in the metaverse, and you can also buy That's some right. digital sneakers for your avatar to wear, right? And through your NFT, you can own that and say the NFT that the tags along says, hey, I own this digital Nike shoe, and my avatar can wear it. Now there's also tie-ins where they might say, you know, if you buy it in the game, you can also get the real life version in real life. But the key is you own that digital shoe in the game or in you know the metaverse, and then you can sell it and transact it because it's yours. Right? That's right. Uh, whereas in the past it was like whoever the game maker was, you maybe you bought it from them, and you had to pay them some money and fees, and and that was it. But now going back to this Web three thing, you you can you own that, which means you can also sell it and right. transact from it. 
an important thing to think about there is like right now, Fortnite and Epic Games, they're not incentivized to give us that ability because they make a ton of money. But new games coming up, they can still make that initial dollar by selling that good. But then like we talked about earlier, they can add a secondary marketplace royalty on it where now they can forever make money on someone trading that asset. And that's what's right. really fascinating. Right. And that's why gaming companies will adopt it. It just doesn't make sense for them to retroactively but, yeah, do it. And, it. and it's also like, this happens with, with companies in all industries. As there's a kind of a technical evolution, you know, you, there's a resistance to adapt because you're making, you know, that the, the company in that prior, uh, in, you know, in the, whether you, let's say the Web2 world, or mm -hmm. they're, they're making so much money. So for them to kind of switch out, they'd almost start to cannibalize your business. It takes a certain type of, you know, mindset and culture to say, you know what, we're gonna risk and we're gonna take this step backwards in our business potentially to move into the future. Like for example, Blockbuster. When Blockbuster, they could have, you know, they, they saw that, hey, digital uh, downloads and streaming yeah. is coming. They could have tried to make a movement into that, but, but it would have meant like, okay, maybe, you know, they, they hurt their own current business, but they did it. They didn't make that move, and so they're out of business. And so, you know, um, it's it's a really interesting time. I saw kind of another interesting use case where uh, McDonald's is uh, going to start selling, is going to set up shop in a metaverse. Yeah. Which again is, and, and it makes a lot of sense if you think about, okay, there's a lot of people spending time in there playing games, they're socializing, chatting, right. whatever they're doing, but now, you know, they're gonna be hungry because they've spent you know, the last few hours in, inside you know, the metaverse and they're like, so they can go up to a digital McDonald's and place an order uh, for a burger and in the digital world, that'll actually be delivered to them in real life. Yep. And so then, if you, you know, 45 minutes later, there's a knock on the door and there's your real life burger that you ordered through a digital McDonald's. Yep, and I, I which think is, that's... Which is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Uh, yeah. You know, and, and one thing I was just thinking about, like uh, this whole thing, it's it's a it's a term that we've been talking a lot about, like with an offbeat. I um, mean, I don't think it's been coined publicly yet, and we're gonna try to coin it at this point because we're realizing this is what's happening. But so, like yeah. the creator economy is, is right. It's been what's happening for the last decade, where it's the web two, it's the ability to write. And all these creators are getting massive, right. and it's a you know it's a multi billion dollar industry at this point, and. What's happening right now across everything we're talking about is this this rising this rising industry of the avatar economy. The fact that your avatar can be in a game and walk up and buy something, or it could be wearing all of these clothes, walk up and buy something that shows up in the real world, or it could be wearing these really cool clothes, or like you said with Nike, could be wearing these really cool shoes. The avatar economy is going to be, I mean, in my mind, possibly the biggest economy in the world. You know, this idea that most people will be spending most of the time in the digital life. You know, it's probably, I don't know how, how long I spend on this screen a day, but it's I probably look at it or my computer screen as much as I look in the real world at the moment. So to think that, you know, you know that I, I want to have cool things in that digital world makes makes a lot of sense to me. Right, right. It's funny you mentioned the, the, the creator economy, because I think that's a big factor of why Web 2 is, is Web 3 is happening, right? Because Web 2, we, we talked about a lot of it, was a, the social network. So people yeah. posting on, on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube videos. And there was a lot of creators that are creating that. And they're like, you know, we're creating all this content, which is bringing people to these platforms and they're making a lot of money advertising on these platforms. But we're the ones creating, but we're not really benefiting. And they've started to, through, you know, um, monetizing 
that a little bit, but but now with Web3, it's more concrete. It's like, okay, you own that content. It's not just like you're creating content for somebody else. You're the, you're the, the owner of that content and you now can also benefit through, again, uh, NFT contracts to, uh, and transactions to, in the, you know, to benefit your, your, your creativity. That's right. Yeah, I mean, the, the craziest thing is like, if you post on Instagram, Instagram owns that post. It could be a child, you know, it could be a picture of your child or a picture of you with your family. And if you post on Instagram, they have full rights, 100% to that post that you just posted. That's, 10 years from now, that's going to be mind blowing. That they just have full rights to whatever you do on their platform, that it's theirs. Um, even though it's a picture that you took on your phone of your family. Um, and that's, that's, what, that's what all of this will change. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tech Rides podcast. If you like what you heard, please sign up at techrides.io and look for new podcasts and videos down the road. We will be releasing podcast versions of our past videos and also introduce new podcasts on a regular basis. Tech Rides, smart people, sweet rides, where industry leaders ride shotgun. Introducing Ticket to Ride NFTs. Learn more at techrides.io slash NFT.